the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing in more. Hi-dee-ho. Hi-dee-ho. As one of my friends on South Park would like to say. That is not appropriate behavior, okay? <laughs> Sleeping like a baby in the other studio. You will respect my authority. Oh, one of the biggest questions I always get is, what stock should I buy today? What stock should I buy now? I think banks look good. The 10-year treasury is popping. Boom, it's moving, it's chugging, it's lugging, it's... it's, it's 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 going all the way it could be. It's rumbling, it's tumbling, it's bumbling towards the goal line. An eventful quarterly earnings season's kicking off right here, right now, where we're going to start seeing some of the effects of the higher interest rates, the higher move from the Federal Reserve. JP Morgan Chase, JPM. Ding 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 ding. Wells Fargo, WFC. Corporate tax cuts results across the sector are gonna be messier than usual. But ignore the earnings noise this quarter and focus on the big picture for the year ahead. First things first, new tax law is going to do okay. It's going to do okay for the financials of the bank stocks. Accounting rules are forcing some banks to take charges in their fourth quarter results. We've seen some heavyweights already come out with big revisions for their 2017 tallies because of the change to the tax code. Goldman Sachs said, I guess about a month ago, maybe three weeks ago, that they're going to take a one-time $5 billion tax hit, mainly for repatriating earnings held abroad. So yes, $5 billion is going to be a tax hit, but that means they're pulling in $50 billion. What do you do that? Bank of America also announced large charges tied towards uh, corporate tax reform. So this earnings season is going to be messy for the financials. It's going to be messy for the banks. And what Rob Black wants to tell you is Rob Black loves you. We should probably get a bumper sticker or maybe a Christmas card or something like that that says Rob Black loves you. You're black. You've got a combination of solid fundamentals, lower effective, effective corporate tax rates, attractive valuations, which the market has had a good freaking fragging eight-year run. And push nine on some levels. Growth has gone from cheap to expensive. Can it become more expensive? Absolutely, yes, if the earnings deliver. So what should you be buying now? I'm telling you what you should be buying now. Bank of America. It's got a teeny, tiny, itty, bitty bikini. No, it's got a teeny, tiny, itty, bitty yield of 1.6%. They say the new tax law should result in a $3 billion accounting charge from writing down deferred tax assets when it reports quarterly results. Again, don't let the earnings noise fool you. These, this looks good. 
CEO Brian Moynihan has said that the tax reform is a good thing for Bank of America in the long run. Bank of America shares continue to outpace rivals in the broader market by such a wide margin. Bank of America was up 35% last year. You know who told you to buy banks two years ago? Uncle Rob. Wouldn't that be great if there was a movie called Uncle Rob? Starring me. Or maybe it wouldn't be so nice if it was like starring Brian Moynihan or some fat guy from SNL. And the Oscar goes to... Rob Black. Black. I would like to win an Academy Award one day. (laughs) Even though there's a good chance I'll never act anything, I'd still like to win an Academy Award. If I can win the Cecil B. DeMille Award, I will speak out against whatever you need to speak out against. So I look at Bank of America as a company that's cutting revenue growth or growing revenue growth, cutting costs. You got some capital efficiency with higher uh, bond yields, treasury yields. I think their corporate tax rate will fall. I know you're saying 20% from 35%. No, I think it goes down to about 10% under new rules and regulations. And I think that's one thing that Donald Trump, El Presidente, Donald Trump, um, kind of regulations. United States. United States. United States. United States. He's having his physical, I think, today. And his doctors have come out and talked to the press about him. I bet... I bet, he, I bet his doctor says nothing but good things, right? Citigroup is another stock I think you can buy right here, right now. It's not incredibly reliant on lower taxes to have a fine, good-looking 2018. What, it's, what it needs is, you know, its earnings outside the United States, which is 55% of earnings. Outside the United States, you've heard this, right? The world economies are doing okay. So their tax rate's going to fall, and world economies are going to continue to do okay. Their earnings will take a hit again because of tax law changes, but it's an outperform. I think that stock continues to run. I think it's a hundred dollar stock by the end of 2018. Then if you want to get more regional, you can get more regional with something like a citizens financial group, ticker symbol CFG, ticker yield 1.6%. Ho-hum 2017. It's like the the Luminator song. Hey, ho I've been living my life. Hey, ho. Um, they had a ho hum year in 2017. But I think you could see the, again, tax reform is going to lower their effective tax rate. Uh, deregulation by President Donald Trump going to lower their effective tax rate. It's going to make things a little bit easier. It's going to grease the skids. Ho hum. I so badly want to be a hipster. I'm growing a hipster beard, except for it's gray. Now I have to decide, do I dye it bright, like bright orange? Do I go with a Joe Thornton beard? Do I go with a Brent Burns beard? Citizens Financial, ticker symbol CFG. Um, I think you're going to see a continued improvement in revenue. And again, the taxes. And again, it's the same old story, right? It's like... It's the same old song, but with a different beat. It's the same old song. J.P. Morgan Chase, Citigroup, Bank of America, Citizens Financial. J.P. Morgan Chase is a Dow Jones Industrial Average stock. It had an outstanding 2017, up 24%. It's one of my favorite stocks because it's Money Center and Universal Bank. Um, Their ability to drive outsized growth, even as an industry-wide credit growth, remains sluggish. Their effective tax rate will be about 10%. Now, again, that should piss some people off, right? 
Donald Trump just changed tax level to 20%. Why are banks paying 9%? Because they can. And taxes are human. They're dynamic. They're flexible. They're moldable. They're malleable. They're something, right? SunTrust Bank's last stock that I'm going to give you. Ticker symbol STI. So if you missed the first segment of today, you missed everything. Rest of the show is going to be blah, blah, tele-blah. No way. But SunTrust, I think, is a strong buy. Big improvement in fourth quarter earnings. Year-over-year cost-saving efforts. Solid balance sheet. Strong revenue growth. I'm Rob Black. You're not. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks mentioned on the show. And Rob Black, here's hemorrhoids. That's all you need to know. Yeah, no kidding. Find me at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. You ever walk by a phone booth and go, what the hell is that? Things change, right? Do you remember phone booths when you were a kid? Do you remember landlines? I don't have a landline. I haven't had a landline in feels like 10 years. Consumers change, and as we change, we tend to forget. And one of the things that we're forgetting right now is television ads. You know, there's a big thing where we watch, like, Super Bowl commercials, and we're like, let's get together and watch the Super Bowl, and we're going to all laugh at the commercials together. And you hope it's a good game, and you kind of, like, hope the commercials last until the third quarter. But the way we're... Streaming content on Netflix has changed the way we want to watch television. It's tougher for traditional TV networks now to serve up television ads to us. Because of Netflix, because of Spotify, and others that are forcing the ad business to completely rethink itself. Tech giants like Amazon are also changing the way people discover brands, which is upending ad companies and marketing companies and the strategies that they did to market. Trying to help a brand right now reach out, reach out, reach out and touch someone in an increasingly anti-ad universe. An emerging generation of people who have grown up bringing their favorite shows on streaming services like Netflix and never signing up for cable. I got home last night from an incredibly long day, seminar day, and I hate flossing. I hate the idea of pulling out dental floss, right? You pull it out. You rub it between your teeth. You're supposed to use just the right amount of pressure and just the right amount of resistance. And I never know which one it is. And then my my gums bleed a little bit. And then I saw an ad when I logged on to Amazon for a flossing machine, a water pick. I'm like, I want that. And I ordered it. Did I do any research? Nope. I saw it was the best-selling, best-reviewed ad, water pick. On Amazon. I'm like, well, if it's good enough for most Americans, it's good enough for me. And see how we're changing the way we're consuming advertising and marketing and how we're changing what what we are even looking for? I don't like the idea of commercials. Commercials to me seem so 20th century compared to what Netflix is doing and Amazon. Stay tuned. In just a second, I'm going to take a commercial break. (laughs) Right? It's, It's like... I'd rather listen to a Rob Black's podcast that has no commercials. That's right. Rob Black's podcast has no commercials. You can find my podcast, and I'm very exclusive, at 
Apple, because I have a relationship with Steve. Steve and the boys over at Apple. Kind of a big deal. You can find my uh, podcast right there at Apple under Rob Black and Your Money. I'm very important. So there's an upper limit where economics don't work anymore. And honestly, I I don't think we're going to get to the point where we're not watching the Super Bowl commercials with friends. But I kind of feel like we're getting kind of there in our head where, like, do not waste my time. I I, I feel like Samuel Jackson there. Do not point that gun at me. He's probably the worst actor of our time, but Quentin Tarantino can get him to do the same exact thing. Every single movie, every single performance, every single character he plays, his, his, his gift is his registry, his, his registry of screaming. Come on, you can do better than that. That's what Mr. T says. Oh. That's right, Jack. Teens are eating laundry detergent for the Tide Pod Challenge. I remember when I was a teenager, there was this myth that if you licked a frog, you would get high. For those of you who couldn't afford weed or didn't have like a, a dealer, someone to get your, your marijuana from. Now, ingredients inside the pods include ethanol, hydrogen peroxide, and polymers, a highly toxic mix of detergent meant to wipe out dirt and grime. And teenagers are doing dares where they're trying to eat it. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Matthew Mahoney approves. All right, all right, all right. Matthew, could you play Bongo's Naked for me? Stoned. All right, all right, all right. Thank you. So anyway, these are the stories that I deal with. These are the ideas. These are the days of our lives. So cable, remember when cable TV first came out? Cable TV, I, I was, my dad was in the military. And military bases are kind of unique because they're kind of like little enclosed cities. So cable companies came to them first. They're the easy, easiest ones to run cable on. They're the easiest ones to say, let's, let's practice this service. And cable companies originally were like, it's crystal clear TV without an antenna and commercial free. And the commercial free didn't last very long. So they, they kind of glommed right back onto it. So Facebook is changing up their news feed and they're changing up the way they're serving ads to and their stock gets hit five, 10%. I think that's a buying opportunity. I think Facebook will figure it out. They're figuring out how to track your the movement of your eyeball to their page. They have stuff that's like crazy powerful. I'm a little bit afraid of Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google Alphabet. I'm a little bit afraid of them because they're so good at getting the human condition right. So we're changing the way we watch commercials. Do you like commercials anymore? I certainly don't. And if I'm a New York advertiser that scares the, the the heck out of me. If I'm Walmart and I want to place an ad on a television show, what's the hot show this year? 13 ways to 13 ways or something like that, or 10 ways to difference or scandalous 13 t- days. I don't know. So if I'm an advertiser and I'm trying to like place an ad, it's not effective anymore or it's not as effective anymore. So, yes, the Super Bowl will still be the Super Bowl for a while, and we'll still go, ooh, look at the Doritos commercials. Isn't that great? There's a monkey that steals Doritos and eats them. Oh, look, there's a unicorn. There's a unicorn in an E-Trade commercial. Oh, look, there's a monkey who's riding a rocket to the moon. We'll still do that for a while, but Netflix is changing it. Netflix is changing the way we consume media. Um, We can't be trifled. We cannot be wasted with uh, commercial time. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. We can talk about cryptocurrencies. 
could be the 21st century's version of the Model T Ford. I own no cryptocurrencies, but the blockchain technology behind them could end up being the invention of the century. The technological advances in crypto space, those um, have to be compared to what Henry Ford did in the early 1900s. You will not find a, a, a financial analyst who doesn't say the blockchain technology isn't all that in a bucket of chicken. Speaking of all that in a bucket of chicken for $5 at Kentucky Fried Chicken, you can now go and pick up a bucket for the weekend. How's that for an advertisement? I'm not even getting paid. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Find me online at robblackshoe.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Hello, hello, governor. I like that guy's hair. In the world of radio... You have some crazy jobs. There's salespeople, there's general managers, there's on-air talent. There's people who watch the board. Some of them flat out sleep during their shift. I'm so jealous. I'm a bad sleeper. I'm a bad sleeper. It's probably the one thing I wish I could do differently. Generation X continues to struggle with debt while millennials and baby boomers are making positive strides. Generation X struggling with debt. That's not good because I'm an Xer. Experience state of credit report paints a relatively healthy picture for Americans. Good. That's positive. That's like my good news Friday. Good day. Good news Friday. The average credit score has risen to, from 673 to 675 over the last 12 months. That doesn't sound all that great. All right, all right, all right. My credit score, oh, it is so funny. I've got a friend who, she sends me a picture of her credit score, and it pisses me off because it's better than mine. 815. I just get like a, a snap or um, an instant message kind of thing, an iMessage, uh, Apple message, of a credit score. I'm like, oh, I've got credit score envy. Let's bring in Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Credit score envy. So that sound about right? 675, the average credit score in the U.S.? Yeah, um, not really. It's usually a little higher than that. Um, you didn't. You kind of caught me off guard, but the last I, I checked was... Caught you, I kind of caught you sleeping. <laughs> I don't snore. He does. <laughs> the guy in the other studio. <laughs> what funny was he wasn't sort of running my show and he fell asleep during my show. Oh, my gosh. Got a, got a picture of that, and that was the last day he did my show. But neither here nor there. So it's a good sign for consumer spending that we've got a pretty good credit score, right? Consumer confidence is up sharply. The Federal Reserve said this week that credit card debt hit a new record in November. It's probably the fastest way you can fight higher interest rates. What's that? Get a better credit score. Gotcha. Um, in the mortgage world, the difference between a 640 and a 740 can be as much as one point. Uh, on a $400,000 loan, that's about $2,500, $2,600 a year more you're going to spend than the person with a 740 score. So, yeah, that's that's the first thing you want to do if you're getting credit. The newbies, Which is funny because you have to get credit to improve your credit. The newbies, the babies, they're called Generation Z. They're age 18 to 20. Their average credit score is 634. They're off to a good start. Having had an average card of about 1.44 cards per person, 1.44 cards per person. 
That's less than half the U.S. average and typical credit card balance of $2,047, less than a third of the national average. So they have credit, but they're not, they don't have too many credit cards and they don't have too much credit card debt. Well, of course, they're young. They're 18 to 20. Um, but it is kind of important. It's, it's kind of one of those adult, uh, you know, they're practicing adulting, so to speak. Millennials age 21 to 34, their average credit score is 638. They have the average credit score climb four points in 2016, the most of any generation. Their overall debt, this is crazy, $222,000. They've increased their average mortgage debt by 6% to $198,000. The economy has improved, and they are positioned to improve their financial standing. There's something to be said for that. When you're young and... Uh, you're just adulting, you're practicing, you're saying, okay, I'll take on a mortgage, whether it be a condo or a townhouse. And that's, I think that's kind of the whole stratus that California is based on. I was talking to a neighbor the other day. I'm like, my house is worth too much money and I'm stressed about it. Like I I want out of California. I think California's broken. I think the California schools suck. I think the teachers are underpaid. I think there's just not enough resources. I think California's broken. And he goes, yeah, so my kids, um, a townhouse and then one day they'll trade in that townhouse for a condo and one day they'll trade in that condo for a single family home and one day they'll trade in that single family home for the the best home ever so that's the way he sees it he sees it as kind of a rite of passage of, of start with as president Donald trump would say start with something that rhymes with a ship pole and build your way up so you build your way up in your housing. Do you think there's a theory there that you feel comfortable with that like you do start off with anything you can get your hands on in California to buy? Uh, in a way, uh, you have to, I think the down payment, you just talked about some of the debt that a lot of the millennials are carrying and, and that's, that turns into a payment. I have a nephew that has a $1,500 a month payment, uh, you know, over $100,000 in student loan debt. And I asked him why he's not buying a house where he lives, and he's in Charleston, North uh, South Carolina, and he can't buy a house there because he has that fifteen hundred dollar payment. But you know, if you can get the down payment and knock that price down a little bit, so it's a little harder for him to get that down to grow that down payment. But if you have a parent who's saying, "Um, "There's so too much equity in my house," maybe you can get it from there. So there's a lot of that. I hope for that younger generation. Um. But, uh, yeah, that is the great way to step up. I, I think you had it a little backwards. I think you go from condo to, ta- to townhouse, then to single family, um, or townhouse to single family. But um, w- what we're seeing, though, is that there's just not a lot of affordable housing, even condos and townhouses. Some of the condos that are going up near me are six, seven, eight hundred thousand. Do you go, from, one or do you two go from Stockton to Fremont to San Francisco? Um, you can always buy somewhere else. You could buy in Sacramento, Stockton, maybe somewhere that's affordable, buy a rental, and then move the money into a single family where you want to live. Um, you don't have to buy real estate where you live if you want to be in real estate. Um, a lot of millennials here right now may think that that $50,000 down payment that they have doesn't buy anything for them here, when in reality that could buy... 25% down in almost every other city in the United States. So Generation X, age 35 to 49, average credit score is 658. Their mortgage debt on average is $231,774. They probably bought during the peak of the housing crisis um, or the housing bubble. They looked for higher income neighborhoods. They looked for good schools because that's the age that they were when this was happening. And they kind of got caught in that. The group has also got the highest rate of late debt payments at one one half of one percent. 
and the most average non-mortgage debt at $30,334. That's a lot of debt, $30,000 of non-mortgage debt. That's a nice BMW. I couldn't imagine that. Well, that's true. Yeah, that's car car and credit card. Yeah, the average credit score, um, 658, 658 for Generation X. Yeah, that's, again, that sounds a little low. Uh, I'm looking at the stats right here. Uh, for a conventional purchase in 2017, average credit score was 754. Um, for an FHA loan, it was 686. So uh, I think that's a little bit off. Okay. I'm looking at some stats. Let's say three out of four stats make up 75% of all stats. I think you'd be correct. Who's buying houses? Is it Generation X? Is it the Millennials? Is it the Baby Boomers? Well, supposedly the millenni- What's the average, person, average age of the person you see in your offices these days? Anywhere from 30 to 60. Okay. I mean, it's a pretty pretty decent range. Are the 60-year-olds doing yeah, refis or are they buying for the first a, time? I just met a 65-year-old two days ago that's going to buy another property. He's already got four. One's another one. Okay. Um and he says, I'm never going to, he's been in his house for 30 years and he keeps buying rental properties. I'm not sure how that fits his financial plan. I'm, and sometimes I have to stay out of that part of the scenario, but uh, he thinks that the rental income will help him down the road. And he's using an equity line from his primary residence, which he can manage very easily. And he'll have some additional cash flow going into retirement because he wants to quit. And he's, I want to buy a house before I retire. Um, and it's it's a smart move for some people when they do have that income and they're planning on retiring and having a lower fixed income after retirement. So I see all ranges of people, Rob. Is that kind of where the mortgage industry kind of falls off a cliff a little bit, where I can qualify for a mortgage today and then quit, and your then, job the and next quit my job the next day? Um, a little bit. Or lose my job or retire in five years. I'm not saying that I'm going to... I'm not going to laugh the system and say quit, but... We, we actually do have... We've been hearing a little bit more about lenders um, doing what they call a one or two month callback where they're actually physically go to your house and knock on your door and see who answers the door kind of thing. Um, Are you still working? I don't think they've ever started. We haven't heard about them checking on your work, but we've we've seen lenders be threatened with buybacks now. And buybacks are uh, the taboo in our business. that's where a lender sells the loan to Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, or whoever, and then all of a sudden they get a call and says, "Hey, you got to buy this loan back. You didn't underwrite it correctly." So that is a fear in our business. So I, I expect that might be something we see in the future. But as of right now, you could probably do exactly what you just said. I loved on Fantasy Island taboo when you go le plane, le plane, boss, le plane tattoo. Oh, it was tattoo not taboo? Tattoo. Hervé Villachay. You got to miss Hervé. I'm going to make you a big star. Some agent saw that little dude and was like, I'm going to make him a big star. So baby boomers have the best credit score. Another reason to hate baby boomers. 703. That's just because they've been around so long and their credit cards have aged. So their credit cards are made out of stone from the biblical ages. Another reason to hate baby boomers. I brought Black talking all things financial money, invested in more. There's a silent generation, age 70 plus, who have a credit score of 729. And their mortgage debt's high at 156,000. They're 70 years old and they have mortgage debt. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. 
Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Ho, ho, ho. Happy holidays. You're listening to Best of Black. Now I'm live. Happy New Year! How long can you say Happy New Year for until it becomes officially not cool to say Happy New Year? I think we're probably, probably right at the cusp of that. Tacky! San Jose, California and Raleigh, North Carolina have something in common. Let's think about that for just a second. Raleigh, North Carolina and San Jose, California. Do you know your way to San Jose? Raleigh, North Carolina. Home of the Research Triangle. Now, if I was a 20-something, and I'm not a 20-something, but if I were, I'd be attracted to the Raleigh, North Carolina area because it's a lot of young people. Young people like hanging out with young people. Young people don't like old people. Old people smell like dying dogs. And young people can smell that dying dog, and they want nothing to do with it. Ah! So young people want to hang out with young people. Is it fair? Am I wrong? They want to hang out at NC State. They want to hang out at UNC. They want to hang out at Duke. They want to hang out post-college years and and kind of like relive their college years and and their days, so to speak. My advice to you is to start drinking heavily. Then you get San Jose. Oh, what can I say about San Jose without offending people? Um, home of mini pit bulls, mini chain link fences. The pit bull capital of the world. That's as far as I'm going to go. It's as far as I'm going to go. I'm not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to drag me into this one. You're not going to bait me, Mike. Behave yourself. I'm on to you. You want me to get fired so you can work with another talent, so to speak. Sorry. So San Jose and Raleigh have something together, going on together. Home values in San Jose rose 17.4% over the past year. Median home value in San Jose is $1.1 million and expected to grow 8.9% this year. Whoa. As Donald would say, whoa. Whoa. San Jose's got really big hands. Whoa. And pit bulls. San Jose's housing strength is buoyed. Buoyed by a strong jobs market. How is that possible? There's an estimate that there's one third of one job opening per person. That's the highest rate amongst any large U.S. metropolitan area. Median household income is $110,000 in San Jose. You know what poverty is in San Jose for a family of four? It's like $78,000. You you qualify for food stamps at $78,000 of income for a family of four. Oh, my, my, my. Raleigh and Charlotte are ranked second and fourth of states as far as housing destinations go. Both areas have strong income and population growth as fast-growing research triangle anchor Raleigh becomes better known for innovations outside of its Life Sciences Bank of America headquarters. they got a lot going on there. Average household income in Raleigh is $71,000. So this is an interesting list. Let's bring in Tony Mendez, Bay Area Loan Source. He does my mortgage. He's actually putting together a mortgage file for me right here, right now, yet again. Good morning. It's like going to the proctologist. Uh, <laughs> like, oh. There's not a just person not a, in this room who hasn't done that. Just not as stinky. I, I bring flowers to my proctologist. Tacky. There's something, uh, did you catch something odd about that, the stats from San Jose? $1.1 million price that's being buoyed by a $100,000, $110,000 salary. What am I supposed to catch? $110,000 salary doesn't buy a $1.1 million house. Okay, that's fair. With 20% down, that is. 
Okay. So it's kind of um, the, the ratio is off a little bit. So that's what that's the only part that scares me. But the scarcity of inventory is what's booing most of the inventory. Okay. Or sorry, the price. You think it's an inventory issue? We we do across most of the nation. I mean, we're seeing it everywhere. Okay. So on this list of hot and sexy cities, Seattle, San Francisco, Austin, Denver, Nashville, Portland, and Dallas. That's worthy of note. Those are all pretty good cities based on jobs. If I were a young person, I would move to one of those cities because that's where the jobs are. It's like, do you remember the the old movie where the where the boys are? Nope. It's like 1950s, Annette Funicello. Um, and she decides to go to the beach to find where the boys are, her and her girlfriends. Girls want to meet boys, boys want to meet girls kind of thing. Um in this day and age, if you were just graduating college, you know you've got cousins and 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 such. Uh, where are they moving to? Like Charleston, they're yep. moving to where the jobs are. So is Charleston on the list? It's not, but it could very well be because it's very similar to Raleigh. Yeah, the, the what you don't see on there are a lot of second tier cities. You know, Austin might be considered one. Denver's definitely not. Nashville, we've we've seen that on the list for many many years, and Raleigh, of course, Raleigh's been on the list for the last fifteen years. Right, Rob. Um, of course, the whole pretty much the whole Bay Area, but other places are popping up. Um, Sacramento, all of the last two years was a a, a huge huge uh, win for a lot of people there, like ten, fifteen, twenty percent year over year. Did you hear Sacramento's changed the name to Sacramento? <laughs> no, I did not. They're being sponsored by Pimento beans. That wow! probably won't work. Probably not a good idea. Not a good idea. Um, and there's, uh, you know, other places, Las Vegas and Seattle right now are the two hottest cities, which I'm surprised isn't on the list right now. Uh, Las Vegas is going up for other reasons. They, when you hit lows, you know, those retur- the, any small increases in home prices are going to look a lot bigger as a percentage dollar amounts, not quite there yet. Like Seattle, uh, which should be the, fr- in, uh, it, it is the top of the list. Yep. So. Because you have that hundred and ten thousand dollars salary with home prices that aren't one point one, they're more like five or six hundred thousand. So that's why Seattle's seeing such a boom, and we're going to continue seeing it. Denver is is doing very very well. Denver, also known as Minver. If you're a young lady getting out of college, move to Minver. That's not how it works. <laughs> you can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource dot com. He's doing my loan right now. He could do your loan. Good guy to know in the world of loans. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.